Back again, back again, episode 17. Gold. Rhea and I spent a morning together for the first time in weeks, the day of the feast. And it was like coming home. Or better than coming home. Like... Like now, finding Rise again. She said she'd missed me. And that was when I realized with a start how little we'd seen each other in the last few weeks. You lied for me, she said, hesitantly, knees pulled up to her chest as she sat in the desk chair. I laughed bitterly, a spark of anger rekindling itself in my chest. Not that it helped much. I should have said something else. I'm sorry. Rhea hugged her legs tighter. (laughs) Would have been worse. Trust me. She she made a face and changed the subject, like she'd said something she regretted. And she didn't mention it beyond that, my absence or the events of the tavern night, because she was Rhea. Because she'd been so heavily reminded of our places in this world and was hesitant to cross that line. Because, are you fine? Of course, was a kind lie. One that I'd believed for Ease's sake. We didn't talk about that. Instead, she helped me dress even though there were hours yet until the festival. I was forbidden from leaving the room until the evening, for I was a surprise, spoilable, and would leave a greater impact if no one saw the Alhida until the evening came. So we sat in my room. I in a pretty golden and royals blue, midnight blue dress, high collared to hide the crooked scar of where I'd been stabbed. There was a dangerous message in the wound, a disquiet that came with showing weakness. The Elahita is not made of impossibilities and immortality. She can fall, despite her magic. Maybe she isn't the savior. Long dreamt. <laughs> There's danger and disquiet. High collars disguised in embroidery and luxury are a good way to keep opinions fixed. I sprawled out dramatically across the floor, fancying myself a Renaissance painting or some shit with the way my dress fanned out around me. Rhea laughed at my antics, curled up on the desk chair, and even she only marginally improved my mood, though even that didn't pass the time for long. It wasn't even noon. And the festival wasn't until evening. What do we do? I moaned, so Rhea told me to recite my speech, something I did so many times over the words became a dull rumble in my mind, blurring together as I forgot the pauses, forgot the separations of the words until they were cut into the wrong pieces, and what I was saying was not Rizane. Elias, she sighed, and repeated the section I'd muddled enunciating the words over and over until I mimicked them back at her. You know this speech as well as I do, I groaned, still on the floor. Can you give it for me? Please? I sat up. Or or can I give it in in English and you stand over me and speak in Rizai in translation, like, like a voiceover? 
She rolled her eyes. I am staying in this room. You will have to give the speech on your own, Elahidida. Elahidida. <laughs> it sounded as stupid as it meant. Little savior, poor savior. A joke. I moaned in a distinctly non-human way. This would be so much easier if I just knew what it meant. You know I can't. Yet yeah, why not? That spark of anger hadn't let itself out was threatening to grow. I wanted a confirmation now that the queen was keeping things from me. It wouldn't be proper, was her half-hearted response. We lapsed into silence, minutes stretching out in the humid, almost thunderstormy weather until, very carefully, she closed her eyes and began to speak. It took me a minute to realize that it was the speech. Dear friends, she said, I am here because of the rulers who stand before you. Cassius Rex found me, and I have taken the sword from the tree, which means the final days of the rebels' tyranny draws near. You fight on the right path, the speech promised. The path that I walk, that the noble kings and their son have led me down, is the path to righteousness and restoration of order. Many of the peasantry have been seduced by the sound of drums, by a false promise of tomorrow. Only standing in order, the law on your side will ensure victory. The rebels grow stronger, but none are stronger than the force of the Chosen Three. My sovereign, king, I, his sword, his soldier, and a third, his poet. But we do not yet have a poet. This is what I come here tonight to ask you for. Search the lands. Send us your musicians, your writers, your dreamers. Send us those whose words make the sky weep and the flowers bloom. And bring them here. In four weeks, we will have a festival to find this poet. Each performer and patron will be presented before myself and the court to play. And the winner, our poet, will join the histories yet to come. The sponsor, of course, will be rewarded generously. But for tonight, eat and drink. Dance, if the urge so strikes you. Thank your kings as I do for the peace they strive towards. Remum Arex. Thank your kings. Rhea opened her eyes again, frowning. She'd stumbled through it repeating over lines and fiddling with translations, but each word she'd strung together had given me more knowledge, more strength. Thank you, I said. Kratinok. I hesitated. W why? Her frown deepened. <laughs> because... You deserve to know. It wasn't anything I hadn't known, in a rotund, obtuse sort of way. Nothing I hadn't inferred or heard said. But it was odd to know that those same sentiments had been coming out of my mouth without any idea of their meaning. I scanned it, 
sonnet style, for God's sake, wrapped and rhymed the little middle section to a tune to put it into my mind. Theater tricks, but... Cassian hadn't lied. I felt a certain relief in that. But there was more to it than what I'd been told, too. Ideas I'd only seen acted, never written down or spoken out loud for as far as I could understand, were in paper and ink. Stand with the kings or fall. The tyrant is here. It was the first time the words rebels and tyrant had truly been linked. Gratinok, I repeated. Thou tell no one. I would not be the reason she was in trouble again. Back Again, Back Again is written and produced by me, Abigail Eliza. If you'd like to hear more about the show, visit us on Twitter, Instagram, or Tumblr at Back Again Podcast, or on TikTok at Abigail Eliza Writes. Our outro music is Nightingales by Pierce Murphy from the album To Japan, and is licensed under an attribution license. The song was retrieved from freemusicarchive.org. Visit the description of this episode for full copyright information and a link to the page. Sound effect attribution, similarly, can be found in the episode description. If you've made it this far, thanks for sticking around. You are important in this world and have a role no one else can fill. You are loved. I hope you have a wonderful day.